the worst thing is like when there's like a couple walking a dog because they will like especially like in a, on a sidewalk they will take up they will walk next to each other and then they'll let their dog like just walk away from them so the dog will be on the outside so they will be taking up the entire sidewalk with like two people and a dog and all you couples know, you do know, this. that also happens with children too yeah. so like oh yeah people with yeah children. if people if no like if it's if it's people with a stroller and a dog they're like well this is our this sidewalk belongs to us now all all four of us and that's that democracy sound, is a terrible system you sound like the the biggest piece of crap <laughs> here she comes Hello and welcome to We Both Podcast Together, The Hazards of Loving the Decemberists. I'm Matt Esner. And I'm Pete Wissinger. And we've made it. We've made it all the way through their catalog. Listen, this is an emotional ride. Uh, We should probably give a shout out to our friend Joe, who wrote us a sincere iTunes review, because he called us his friends. And I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Talking about the Decemberists, complaining about the Decemberists is something that you, you do with your friends. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a bonding experience, and I, I feel like we've bonded uh, complaining about this band. Wait, you and I have bonded, yeah. or we've bonded with our audience? Well, we, we don't have an audience, but we've, we, we've bonded, and, you know, I feel like the people who've listened, I hope they feel, feel like they've bonded with us. Listen, not to get too sentimental, but, like, I am honestly going to miss having a reason to just shoot the shit with you for hours every week. And I'm looking forward to not having to, uh, (laughs) no, it's, it's been fun. And I, you know, I think, uh, I guess we can, we can, we can talk about this now because it's, you know, it's relevant, but like, this isn't the end. Sure. Yeah. So if you guys are like, you know, maybe like you've been listening to us from the beginning, uh, and you're thinking like, what? It's over? Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to listen to whenever I'm walking my dog? Um, <laughs> and uh, and the, the thing is, is that while we have reached the end of the discography of the band, the Decemberists, right? Uh, we still have Decemberist-related content, which we have not bitched about on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> So many more things to complain about. <laughs> um, so, so what we've kind of decided is that, uh, you know, our weekly schedule is going to come to an end since we have reached, you know, the most recent release in their catalog. Um, but we're going to kind of tease out various other December's related topics on probably more like a monthly basis from here on out. Right. Unless they start putting out some albums, you know? Yeah. If they I start mean, putting out an album every week. We're, we'll so, be on it. Listen, if you guys are starving for we both podcast together content, you need to lobby the Decemberists to give us more stuff to talk about. It's not us. It's them. They're the problem. It's true. It's very true. Uh, so yeah, so, so look for episodes, maybe not as frequently, but you know they'll be just as good. Probably better. Because maybe we'll spend the intervening time <laughs> preparing more for episodes? Listen, I just used to do so much preparation like our first like three or four episodes, I did so much like research and note taking. Um, and then I just stopped doing that. Yeah. I, I think the people who listened to the show figured that out. However, I actually think the episodes got better when I stopped doing research. Okay. That's how you justify it. That's how you sleep <laughs> at night. Uh, actually this episode was the one that I probably spent the most 
time preparing for because well, that's because you and I both take ranking things very very seriously. It's true. So the 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 point of this episode is we're we're going to reveal our our ranking of the albums and then our top ten Decemberist tracks. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to do some ranking. Matt and I have honestly bonded over ranking media our entire friendship. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you do. You yeah. when you're a, when you're a nerdy white kid, you just you just rank things. With it's true. Friends. Like anything. Like, yeah. you know, Brands top five fast food burgers. Yeah. I'm glad that we, we both do, went food actually, right off the bat. <laughs> actually, we could do top five fast food burgers right now, probably. But uh, I mean, I, I, I have strong opinions. What's your number one burger you would get at a drive through? So like no like fast casual, like fast food burgers to take home and eat. Yeah. Or eat in your car or whatever. I don't eat in my car. I'm not a savage. I know you don't. You you love eating inside fast food restaurants, which you're the only person I know. Yeah. And we've eaten inside some really shady Jack in the Box Yeah, together. we have. Absolutely, we have. And I hope to continue that in the future. So number one fast food burger. Uh, right now, my go-to is the, is the Bacon King at uh, Burger King. It's basically okay. a Whopper with bacon and cheese. Okay. Um, but... I mean, I just get that because it's close. The the number two would probably be the Baconator Junior Baconator because I can't handle an entire Baconator. The Wendy's, the Wendy's Baconator is too much for me. Hmm. But I can take down a Junior. What about you? What's your what's your go to? So if I really just want like a crazy burger, I'll get the like. There's some sort of like massive, disgustingly greasy bacon burger at Jack in the Box that, yeah. oh, that I, I know. go to a lot. The ultimate bacon cheeseburger. Ultimate bacon cheeseburger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to make sure to order it without mustard if you're me. If you're you, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. I don't know how you feel about mustard. I actually ask for extra mustard. That's, fuck you. That's I say just, don't put cheese on it, just oh put mustard God. on it. <laughs> I heard a rumor, I, and maybe you've heard rumblings of this, but I heard that you are getting a Whataburger in St. Louis. I've heard the same. Have you had Whataburger? I've never had Whataburger. So I went there, uh, I guess it's in the South, but it's definitely in Texas. Because I was right, in Houston. Right, it's a Texas thing. Not that long ago. Uh, and? and I had a Whataburger experience that was, it was revelatory. Like I thought it was just going to be an okay burger, but it was some of the best fast food I ever had. And so, so, <laughs> hold on. This is, this is, the, this is what's hold it for me. All right. The kicker. Give me Dr. Pepper milkshake. <laughs> Listen, I was not expecting you to say anything as amazing as you just said. I, so uh, <laughs> I was actually just recently having this conversation with a friend of the show, AJ Ward about how people are nuts about their local fast food chains and sort of, you know, how actually good they end up being when you try them or ultimately disappointing they are. Yeah. Now, I will say, when I had In-N-Out Burger for the first time, I was not disappointed. Mm. I love me some In-N-Out. See, I, I was a little underwhelmed with, with In-N-Out, but I think it's just because it had been built up so much. Right. Now, I would say, in St. Louis... You're never going to be disappointed taking someone to Lion's Choice. Lion's Choice is it's it's a it's St. Louis's greatest gift to the world. <laughs> it's Lion's Choice is number one. John how Hammond is, is number a, two. How is Lion's Choice not a national chain? I mean, I, like I don't know. Why does Arby's exist in a world Who where knows? there is Lion's Choice? It's ridiculous. AJ just went to Tennessee and ate at Bojangles. I've heard of Bojangles. It's a it's a fried chicken chain, and he says really good. So maybe. When we do our, 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 our fast food road trip podcast, right. um, we'll yeah. hit up Bojangles. Have you, ever, have you ever eaten at a big boy? That's like a no. Midwestern no. one, I think. No. The only thing they got going for them is they have a, they have a really good breakfast buffet. 
and I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a sucker for breakfast buffets. How, being a Chicago resident, how do you feel about Portillos? Yeah, they're okay. Wow. I mean, I'm Hot not take. a huge fan of Chicago sandwiches. I think that's that's. I mean, I I'm never gonna be I'm never gonna be like a full Chicagoan because I can't eat their Italian beef sandwiches. Kalen is crazy about the chocolate cake shake yeah. at Portillo's. Yeah. Hey, how about we talk about the Decemberists? The who? I wonder what the big fast food chains are in Portland. Probably like they're all vegan. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I hope. Uh, you know, and they're probably on fire right now because day 100. Oh, listen, right? I know that, you, that you're really pushing for our QAnon listeners here. <laughs> but yeah, so the Decemberists, they're a band. Yes, they are. And we have now... We, in our last episode, on the fly, agreed on a ranking for their EPs. Yeah. Well, I feel like that was, it wasn't, it wasn't even like com- combative at all. I feel like that was a pretty easy ranking. I think I this think is going to be. I think I'm going to piss you off with my album ranking. Oh boy. I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. So there's, there's eight canonical albums. Uh, yep. Not I've including got the live one album. to eight. The live album doesn't count because it does not. it's just, it's, it is what it is. Right. Um, so without further ado, let's just start at number eight. All right. I think this is, this is, I think this is where we're going to be in the most agreement as the bottom. I feel like. Could be. Um, so I'll start. Sure. For me, number eight, worst Decemberist album. What a terrible world. What a beautiful world. Really? Okay. So. That's we're already in disagreement because I am I am firmly in the camp that I will be your girl is the worst album they have ever produced. I knew you would say that. Now, yeah. now, so so, and I'll say this: my number seven is "I'll Be Your Girl." Okay. Is your number seven? Well, anyway, so here here's here's where I was because ranking these two was one of my one of my you know struggles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to me though. The highs of I'll Be Your Girl are higher than those of Terrible World, Beautiful World. And mm-hmm. for me, they're both inconsistent albums. Right. So I went for the one that I thought had more great tracks on it. Yeah. I think they both have a major problem with extended lulls in the middle of the album. For However, sure. the extended lull is longer in Terrible World, Beautiful World. And for my money, Terrible World, Beautiful World has a little bit less... I don't know if creativity is the right word, but like it's, it's not as interesting to me. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, uh, my number seven, probably going to be... A well, wait, what, why, is ter- why is I'll Be Your Girl your bottom? Oh, because it sucks. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, it doesn't suck. Um, I, think, I think it has the, uh, the worst, worst tracks. Like I think the lowest of the low December songs are on I'll Be Your Girl. It's, it doesn't, it starts good and then just sucks in the middle uh, and then never quite gets good again. Well, see, I disagree. And I would also say that there are more bad tracks on Terrible World, Beautiful World just because there are so many tracks on that album. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm saying it sucks. I, I'll Be Your Girl is actually an okay album, but it's the middle is so rough. And when I say the middle, like from track two on, it's rough uh, until like Your Ghost, which is a song that I really like. We, we've already hashed this we've, disagreement we've hashed out. We've hashed it out. 
uh i also See, think it me, ends poorly it's one the of the only best dis- one of the best tracks on that album comes late in the album yeah but i don't want to spoil track talk yeah we're gonna save track talk it's also the album with the weakest ending of all the december's albums because i disagree think they, on that too they uh they know how to close an album out generally and i just think the 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 last the last track is fine but Rusalka just isn't good enough to be an I mean, album. I think Rusalka is better than the end of Terrible World, Beautiful World. Woof. Woof. All right. But anyway. Well, all right. So you, you, you said your number seven was... Seven is I'll Be Your Girl. So I'll for me, your- their two most recent albums are, are the, my least favorites. Um, and now, I, you know, originally I would probably say that's probably recency bias. But I do think this project has, has forced me to examine all of them by a similar criteria. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now, of course, I'm going to be biased. There's going to be unconscious biases for the the music that made me fall in love with the band. But to me, and, you know, I I, I, I don't know, you know, how the, the general fandom feels because we don't know any Decemberist fans. <laughs> um, I think the two most recent albums are, are probably not as favorably looked upon as the early work. But right. what's your number seven? Number seven, The King is Dead. Interesting. It's an album that I like. Because I like all of their albums for the most part, but I just think it's their least interesting album, and it's the it's I don't know it's like wallpaper like I it's there's nothing objectionable on it like it's not like there's no tracks I don't like it's just that especially when I was going through and and trying to assemble my top ten like I was finding the least songs that I would even consider on that album like there was just too few songs that were just like you know, classic December songs that I would, I would put on a mix. And that's, that was my reasoning. I'm going to reserve sharing my opinion on the album until it comes up in my own ranking. Excellent. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and, and, and again, have a con- controversial opinion. Album six, Castaways and Cutouts. I'm going to be speechless while you, while you, <laughs> while you are wrong for a little bit. Um, I think the thing about Castaways and Cutouts is when I listen to it again, you know, as part of this, it's an, it's an important album, but I like the stuff that they did after it better. And honestly, I like five songs better than Castaways and Cutouts. Um, and I, I, I don't know. like Five songs is definitely more upbeat than Castaways and Cutouts. And, and album, I mean, albums one through six, like these are all albums I, I like. So it's, I mean, this, this was hard getting, like seven and eight were easy for me. Like picking my bottom two, no, that was not a problem at all. But like, Getting getting these six was tough, but I just like it's the album I'm least likely to pick up again whenever I'm listening to a December's album. Oh man, I'm really worried for what's about to happen. My number six, the hazards of love. Really? Okay. Okay. So here's here's why hazards ended up where it was. Okay, is um, I love this album. Okay, I enjoy it every time I listen to it. Um, and it really works as an album, right? But it, if you pick the pieces apart, then it doesn't, like, it, it is greater than its pieces, right, it, as a whole. Um, but there's not any sort of individual parts of it that really sort of stand out for me. You know, it works as something that you sit down with for 45 minutes. It could have used some stronger, like, songs. mm and I think that when we were sort of analyzing it, even as sort of uh, a telling of a story, it's like, 
super like broad and vague and down the middle. Yeah, it's pretty thin. Uh, so I actually kind of I think that I would have ranked this higher if it was actually like more of a musical. And I, I think we're both in agreement that we would like them. We would like to see them go back to something like this for sure. And like I love that it exists. Yeah. Um, but like you know, if, for my money, would I rather listen to Hazards of Love or The Tain? I would rather listen to The Tain. Um. So. I wasn't aware of the existence of Town as a concept album before it was a, a yeah. musical. Do you think... Did you listen to it? I tried. I couldn't get into it. Okay. Um, but do you think because that exists, the Decemberists couldn't do another like no. musical album because they would be accused of ripping off uh, Aeneas Mitchell? Um, I doubt it. But I really think that if they were going to go back to this kind of thing, it wouldn't necessarily need to be a whole album. You know, they're they're kind of taking with Hazard's something that they have done on a smaller scale and stretching it. And to me, it does feel a little bit like stretching it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's, you know, I love it. It, yeah. it nearly brings me to tears, yeah. which is not something I would say about, you know, a lot of albums, For sure. but I'm just not going to go back to it as much. Okay. So, all right. Well, number, f- number five. Yes. Yeah, so I'll do my five. Okay. For me, number five is King is dead. So I'm, I'm ranking King is Dead a lot higher than you. Um, and the reason it ranks as high as it does for me is because I think that it might be their most consistent album. Yeah. Um, I'm least likely to skip tracks on King is Dead. Now, that's in part because it's a very short album. Um, it's also probably their most stylistically cohesive album. Sure. Um, and I like that they stuck to a sound. It is also their blandest album. Maybe. Actually, I'll Be Your Girl might be more bland lyrically than King is Dead. But, like, King is Dead is just so easy to listen to. It really is. It's easy to just leave on and enjoy. So that's why it ranked higher for me than it did for you. Uh, number five, for me, What a Terrible World, What a Beautiful World. So my number eight is your number five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I still hold to my, my ridiculous, uh, opinion that the first four tracks are flawless on that album. And I think it, it starts great. It ends pretty well. It just has a problematic middle. It's, I think that you could edit this album into one of their better albums. Absolutely. If this were a 40 minute album instead of a 55 minute album, you could have something there. So number four for me, uh, picaresque. Uh, just, uh, it's a good album. I don't, I don't know what to say about it. It's the album that got me into the band. Uh, I listened to it a ton when it, when I first got it, it was the first one I actually bought. Uh, and we should I should say made, that one through four, we're saying it, it, we're in the best half of yeah, their absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so the, I mean, you know, it's, it's the only reason it's so low is probably because I overplayed it a bit. So it's not one I, I would revisit as much, but it is. I mean, for sentimental reasons, it's really an important album for me. But also, like, musically, I think it's one of their more interesting albums. Yeah. My number four is Crane Wife. Mm. And, you know, I would have expected before we did this podcast to rank Crane Wife higher. Um, Because it's an album that really meant a lot to me when it came out. And, you know, I look back on it fondly. But then listening to it intentionally with this project, um, I think it's got some of their, their weaker songs. There's just like a couple. It's just a handful, right? But I think after listening to the first, you know, listening to them in order, 
I think it's the first album of theirs where I start to see cracks, mm. where it kind of feels like they're trying too hard. Yeah. To like be different or stretch or whatever. Um, but in general, um, I think it's fantastic. You know, it's got, it's, it's that outside of hazards, it's the album most committed to like long concept songs. And I really love that. Um, and there's some great story songs on there. Um, and it is their first album for a major label and kind of, they doubled down on being like, yeah, we may be on a major label, but like, we're going to use that budget to be even more Decemberist see. Yeah. So my number three is Castaways. Uh, and uh, for me, that's because I think that there's something in that album that captures a unique voice that is really, really neat. And it is probably their most melancholy album. But like I think it just has an atmosphere to it that I really love. And that is actually the first December album I listened to. And I think I like it uh, because it's just like a Neutral Milk Hotel album. it's crazy how much that stuck with them so hard early in their career and now like no one would ever say that yeah maybe if there was more neutral milk hotel they would have started to sound like the decemberists maybe i mean neutral milk hotel just they weren't around long enough to two albums get bad yeah number three for me her majesty the decemberists it's it's a it's a great album start to finish everything on there is good um you know it's it's got some great poppy stuff. It's got some great, like, you know, heartstring tuggy kind of stuff. It's just, it's, I would say flawless, but I'm sure there's flaws in it that I talked about on that episode. So that you didn't be, like gymnast. Oh yeah. Gymnast is whatever, but like even still, like it's just, it's a solid album start to finish. I mean, I want to say that that's my number two, her majesty, obviously. So now we kind of know where I'm going here, but I think that it, it I, is Her Majesty might be their most consistently upbeat album. Hmm. And it's just fun. Yeah. They're just letting loose and having fun on that record. So that's my number two. I just love it. Um, it is just a blast to listen to. Uh, my number two is Crane Wife. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great album. And I love, the, I love the Crane Wife cycle. Like, I think that's, that's something I like revisiting. And then, um, you know, I don't know. It was, it was, it was another, like, soundtrack of my life kind of album uh just because like it was when i was probably in the deepest throes of my decemberist uh fandom yeah i mean uh was that the first tour you saw them on mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so my number one still picaresque which i think if we l- listen back to episode one i said it was my favorite album by them yeah one and my and, favorite one is and yours of also love, has not changed which is so what i'll I just say for me picaresque is still the album that if i was going to give someone one december album to listen to that's the one i would give them um i think it it encapsulates everything i love about the band it is kind of it's still goofy but also has these like introspective heartfelt songs it, it if I look back at my top 10 and the kinds of songs I like by them, I think all those types of songs are represented on picaresque. For sure. Uh, and, and for me, Hazards is just, it's one of the few albums where I will just listen to start to finish. And How often do you, do you sit down and listen to Hazards of Love, would you say? I would say, like, I, I will get in moods where I'll listen to it, like, three or four times, mm. you know, uh, in a week or in a day or something like that. You know, so, like, maybe, like, once a year, there'll be, like, a week where I'm just, like, listening to Hazards of Love over and over again. So our rankings were actually pretty different. Yeah. You know, I seem to have mostly held to the idea that the band used to be better than it is. <laughs> because my top four 
are their first four, and my bottom four are their last four. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I feel like, a little bit kinder to their more contemporary releases. So should we do song rankings? Hey, why not? Personal favorites. How many honorable mentions did you throw in? Just one. Okay, Just one. then I will limit myself to one as well. Okay, so it's, it's top ten plus one honorable mention each. Yeah, should we, I think we should start with honorable mention. Yeah, let's do honorable mention. All right, so my honorable mention is the Mariner's Revenge song. It took me 15 years to swallow all yeah. my tears. Now, you see, I think that this would have been a top 10 for me, but I think that I've heard this song so much that I can't derive the pleasure from it that I once did. Yeah. Um, but, like, if I go to a December's concert and they don't play this song, I'm going to be a little disappointed. And that's not a hypothetical situation <laughs> because that actually happened the last time we saw them. Um, and like, yeah, like if I was going to have someone listen to like one December song, it would probably be this one. Just because yeah. like, if you're not down with this, then you're probably not going to like this band. Right. Uh, my honorable mention is California One, Youth and Beauty Brigade. It's a great song, uh, and I mean, it was on the list for a while, but it's just, it's not a song that I would necessarily like use to introduce people to it, um, and it's not one that I necessarily like come back to myself a ton, but I, I I, mean, I just love the construction of it, and I think it says so much about the band and what I like about the band. And, and it's their first time trying the long multi-part song. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's their their first like double song kind of thing. And it's, I don't know, I'm a sucker for like songs with like big changes in the middle. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. All right. The top 10. So I, I talked about this before the episode, but I predict that Matt and I will have no more than four of the same top 10. I think we're gonna have two. That's you think only two? I think looking two. at your list, only two would make. Yeah. I'm trying to think what of I was my... thinking three. I was thinking we'd have three, four was my max. There's so, one I know for sure is going to be on both of our lists. There's two I know for sure they're going to be on both of our lists. Okay, let's 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 just hit it. All right. Uh, so track ten for me, bit of a dark horse, but traveling on. No one knows you. Nations low. Like you I have been obsessed with it. I know, and I've, I've listened to it like thirty week. times. Yeah, I I I think. I mean, part of it is, it's a song that I really like, but it's also like, it's in the same camp as some other songs that are going to be on this list. Oh man, my list is so samey. It's like, uh, there's a type of December song that I like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, like traveling on, like I had never heard it before last week or two weeks ago. And I was just like, man, this is really good. And it's it, so listenable. It's been stuck in my head. It so. is super listenable. Yeah. So that's my 10. Well, my number 10 is also a song that's on the list because ever since we recorded the episode, it has been stuck in my head and I've been able to just listen to it over and over. And that is Sucker's Prayer. I want to love somebody, but I don't know how. It's a good choice. I mean, it's, you just, that's a track you just feel in your bones. Yeah. Like, um, and it's one of their more country tracks. Yeah. Um, which I know you're a fan of when they go country. Hey, so. that's a great segue <laughs> uh, for my number nine, All Arise. Mm-hmm. 
me. Surprising no one, really. Yeah, this did not crack my top ten. I have to say, though, I think you're more consistent with your opinions because there are several top tracks on here which do not match up when I was picking album favorites. So, like, I am just a fickle, fickle bitch. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, like, uh, different situations, you'll... you'll, Sure. Some songs will hit you a different way. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I know you love All Arise. I I love it. It's It's... it's a standout on that album for me, but it's it's just, I don't know. So for me, I like Sucker's Prayer better as a country song, but I totally respect your undying love for All Arise. I'm consistent. What can I say? Uh, so my number nine is, you know, I talk about a song being one that I've listened to so much that it doesn't do it for me anymore, right? This one, though, for some reason still does, and that is the namesake of this show, We Both Go Down Together. Meet me on my vast veranda My sweet untouched Miranda And while I just, I love the violin on it I love the backing vocals on it Um, It's like a simple story song Um, It's it's great Yeah Uh, Well, so my number eight Uh Number eight is uh, Mariner's Revenge Song It yeah. still does it for me. I don't know. I still I still get excited about it, and uh, it's still fun to Dude, listen to. It's so good, and like it's one of their most accordion heavy songs. And for a band that's sort of known for its use of accordion, it doesn't get used as much as as you would think in their music. Right. And when they do the when they do the speed up at the end, I love that part. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. My number eight is "Don't Carry It All." So raise a glass to turnings interesting that's a i mean it's a legit choice listen it's gonna be a common i'll get you'll get once i get through these where there is a uh, a consistent theme in some of my my picks um i'm just surprised uh, like so many of them so far have been from their their later era uh i mean yeah i guess uh two-thirds of them two-thirds of them yeah right um so, you know, I said Dear Avery was my favorite track upon listening to King is Dead, but I think it's just because that was a song I'd never really paid attention to, whereas this one always stood out to me. Yeah. It is just great. Yeah. So that's where I am. Uh, my number seven, it's our first, uh, our first overlap. We both go down together. All right. I mean, it's, I think Infanta was the first one I, you played for me. But this was like the first one that, like, after I heard this song, I was like, all right, I'm into this band now. Yeah. And it, and it, it still hits you. Yeah, absolutely. Despite the fact that the narrator is, is a total piece of shit, as we discussed. Yeah, he's terrible. Uh, it's also, uh, it's a fun song to play on guitar. And it's... Uh, it's easy to play on guitar. It's easy. That's the thing. Yeah. It's super easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually something that I've noticed on my list, is that a lot of these are songs that I like to play. Mm, yeah. Or a couple of these are, anyway. Sure. Uh, my number seven, Once in My Life. All through once in my, all through once in my life. Good choice. Uh, Another later so, era. It's true. Uh, it's so good. Like, it's the simplest song on this list. Yeah. Like, it is so simple and so unlike their stuff. But even when Albiro came out, I didn't really care about the album. I listened to this song a lot. It's 
It's so good, and it's still one that resonates with me. So I'll do my number six? Yeah, go for it. Number six is the first December song I was obsessed with, and it's still fun every time I listen to it. July, July. July, 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 it never seems so strange. It's uh, just a fun pop song, and the lyrics are so freaking weird, um, and it's great. This is going to be our least interesting episode because we're just talking about how much we love the songs. Like, there's no conflict in this. Well, well, okay, but like, you're gonna put the music in with it, and we're not talking much about the song. So this is like, this is like, fast. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, maybe my, this, maybe our our worst episodes will be episode zero and our final episode. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely the most masturbatory of all of our episodes. <laughs> like where we're just like, well, this, this one's this is for the fans, man. Yeah. This yeah. is for our friend Joey. It's honestly, it's for the Decemberists. It's like because we've spent. <laughs> 15 episodes just shitting all over them but like we, <laughs> no, do we like just get music, to like guys. gush about them yeah we just all don't right. have the we don't have the same vocabulary to say good things it's just that's not that's true it's not in my nature to what is that be about our society i don't blame society i it's, i think it's me i mean yeah maybe. you have always been a hater i'm a, so. I'm a from way back all right uh, so what's your six Number six for me is Red Right Ankle. This is the story of the boys who loved you, who love you now and loved you then. Uh, just a perfect little romantic pop song. It's, I, don't know, I don't know what else to say about it. It is so good. It's sweet. The organ part that comes in uh, gets me every time. It's de- it's delightful. And it, I mean, seeing seeing them play it live is. It's phenomenal because it's usually just calling out on the stage and then like halfway through the song, Jenny will wander out and just play the bridge part and then she'll just yeah. be there for the rest of the song and it's just sweet and I don't know. I love this song. So we should maybe say we're halfway through with only a single overlap in the top 10. Right. Because Mariners was my, my honorable. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that's about to change because my number five is Once in My Life. It's I knew that I, I knew that one was going to be an overlap yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it, it's it does it should not be as good as it is. I mean, <laughs> it's it's part of a I don't know, like the 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 change to the synth, like adding synth to the repertoire, just like really like does it for me, especially on this song. So you hope that wherever they go in the future, they they bring a little bit of synth with them. I'm, I prefer the synth to like the you know, the, the sort of, uh, sludge rock mm. or the, or the, why not, you know, both? Why not uh, both? Well, yeah, do both. Sure. Why not? I mean, but I prefer uh, sort of synth, synth to Prague, I guess. That's my number great. five hazards of love for the drown. That was almost going to be on my list, but the reason why I took it off is I'm like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to show favoritism to every, any one of those songs because I just love the whole, whole album. Well, so for me, that one when you're listening to the album just hits you like a gut punch. Yeah, oh yeah. And because it's so powerful, even listening to that song on its own still gives me the emotional resonance of listening to the whole album. For sure. Uh, my number four, which I know is a track we both love, Grace Cathedral Hill. And the world may be long for you. Yep, yep. It's kind of like what you said with Red Right Ankle. It's just a very pretty song, but instead of the beautiful organ coming in, you got that nice pedal steel. Um, and uh, 
it's great. It's it's a very personal sounding song, which I don't always love when Colin does, but this one definitely works for me. Uh, so my number three, Crane Wife three. I didn't do that on purpose. It just like that's yeah. just how it how it shook yeah. out. Uh, but man, like it's an album opener. It's got that bazooki in it. It just it explodes onto the scene. Oh, wow, I said that in a weird way. The scene explodes on the scene. Just like you know, but this this boring episode would have been better if we were doing it in stupid accents. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna auto tune us later and put okay, uh, accents in for us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Crane Wife's great, and I think it was in a UP- UPS commercial, which or FedEx. So, <laughs> I heard it in a Sam's one time. So, really important yeah. song. <laughs> My number three is a track that is nowhere near your top ten. Ooh, I'm excited. Engine Driver. And I am a writer, writer of fictions. I am the heart that you call. Oh my God! Here it is. <laughs> Is that your number one? Did I, did I guess your number one? Uh, no, it's Lake Song. I this mean, is the first hard disagree. It's it is like that's <laughs> that's the only song that I would I would skip. Uh, I skip that one almost every time. Dude, that song is so good. Crappy. Like, I mean, it's also one that it's the December song I am most likely to play and sing. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, it's a good song. Yeah. It's a little slow for my taste. I know that it is. <laughs> not that I, not, not that slow songs can't be good, but uh, and since you've talked about it, my number two is Crane Wife. Three. I will hang my head, hang my head low. Well done. Like, well done. I mean, it's probably my most listened to Decemberist song. It's so good. Like, it's Especially another one that also is like so simple. Yeah. So the, what I was gonna say is a theme on my list is opening tracks. Um, out was, of my top ten, three are opening tracks. I was thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they know how to front load, for sure. They, and, and, like, all three of the opening tracks are very similar on mine because they're all songs that kind of, like, start off kind of uh, more solo and then build, Yeah, which they like to sort of do that on their openings, right, yeah, is do. to sort of present this grand introduction. Uh, so that's my number two, Cram Wife 3, Amazing. Uh, it doesn't need parts one and two. No. Um, in fact, it doesn't even work that well with parts one and two. Uh, I agree. But yeah. Uh, my number two, Make You Better. Yeah, you'd have to be on your list. Yeah, I mean, I've been threatening and saying that it's my favorite December song. Like, when it came down to it, it wasn't my favorite December song, but I still think it's amazing and arguably one of the greatest songs that I've ever composed. Uh, so then we come to number one, and my number one is on your list, Red Right Ankle. This is the story of your gypsy uncle. You never knew cause he That's I knew that's where we would overlap. It's so good. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. It is. So what's your number one? Uh, number one, Angel Won't You Call Me. What the fuck? <laughs> Hey, I love it so much. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, I mean, love no, it. I respect, I respect, respect, respect. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know. Like there's something about that song. Like it's, it's always, it's always struck a chord with me. It's fun. And it's, I don't know. I don't know why it's my favorite one, but that's when I was, when I was making this list, 
you know, it was going back and forth between Make You Better and Angel Won't You Call Me. And I just feel like Angel Won't You Call Me gets a slighter edge just because it's it's been with me longer and I'm I've I'm still not tired of it. Like yeah, so I, I went ahead and gave it the number one spot because it's a song that I still love listening to. So one last thing we I would kinda do. Like what's the one song that just like almost made it on? So I'll say mine. For me, the track that lingered the longest and is actually still on my Spotify playlist, even though I didn't it's not in here, is Beginning Song. Mm-hmm. And the only reason Beginning Song didn't make it is because it is so similar to a lot of other tracks on my list. And like it's just kind of not as good as those. But that's one that that's the one from Terrible Word Beautiful World, which is the only album that does not feature on my top ten. I think the song, oh, Myla Goldberg. Myla Goldberg was on there for the longest time. And I think yeah. I might have, it, it was like 10 for a very, very long time. And the only reason why it wasn't like my honorable mention was because I think uh, California Youth and Beauty is just, a, it's a bit more important of a song, but I, I love the song from Myla Goldberg. So we ended up with four overlapping tracks. Yeah, crazy. So that's it. We did it. People really cared about our top 10 tracks. Yeah. Like, I think we held a lot of people in suspense for a really long time with this. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's going to be our least down. This is going to be our, our least downloaded episode. <laughs> no, because like this is going to be like as satisfying as like the end of Lost, you know? Oh, for like, sure. People are, yeah. people are just going to be like, wow, it's how gonna did be they pull that off? As how satisfying did- as Rise of Skywalker. It's like really, <laughs> really just like... <laughs> One thing that united both Last Jedi lovers and haters is how terrible The Last Skywalker was. Yeah. Or, sorry, Rise of Skywalker. Whatever it was called. I'll never watch it again. Yeah, it sucks so much. It's a bad movie. It's terrible. (laughs) Um, So now we've done it, right? So I'm eager to hear from you, Matt, because your question at the outset of this show was to examine your own fandom of the Decemberists to see... Are they a band worth being a big fan of, or are you a Decemberist fan? What'd you come up with? Uh, well, yeah. So the the nice thing about it, it was, I I still like the band, like, and I I would say I'm probably more of a fan now than I was, you know, a few years ago for sure. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. as like I'm not as like vocal a evangelist as I would have been, say, in like you know 2006 or so, yeah. but. I'm certainly not ashamed of them. Like I was afraid like there was going to be like, you know, I'd be embarrassed of some of, some of the songs or like some of the stuff that I liked when I was younger. Uh, but I think Colin is embarrassed of the early songs. Yeah. And I, but I think honestly, like it all holds up as far as I'm concerned. Like I think, I don't know. I think it's, it's some of it is of a time for sure, but I, I, that's all music, you know? That's true. And honestly, to me, it feels a little bit less stuck in a time period than a lot of indie rock because it was always kind of out of step with what was trendy. Right. You know, they they sort of were intentionally iconoclastic from the get go. Right. um, Which I think kind of means that some of it sounds like it could be from the 90s or it could be from the, you know, indie rock heyday that, you know, it it's unlike when if I were to go back and like listen to Franz Ferdinand and I'm like, Yep, this sounds like, you know, 2004 or whatever. Right, yeah. So you are a fan of the band. I, I definitely am a fan of the band, and I stick by it. And honestly, I feel a little bad for, like, even even doubting them. I feel like I might have been infected by the pitchfork uh, snobbery. Mm. Yeah, you, you've read a lot of reviews of the band. I, I, 
I did read a lot of reviews and they were not always complimentary, but I always liked them more than December than the pitchfork did. Like I, I do you think, think Steven Dusner is still a fan? I'm sure he is. That's I think Dus. We should have Dusner on the show. In the let's future. get him. Let's get him. Him and, and Colin and we'll get him in the room together. Sort get of facilitate. Him, finally hash it out. Yeah. Right. Be like, what's your problem with, what's your problem <laughs> with hazards of love? Just right. say it to his face. They are going to be running away from the ghost of Hazards of Love for the rest of their career. That's why they need to embrace it. Yeah. Hazards of sure. Love 2. Even Hazard. Oh, like actually make a sequel to yeah. Hazards of Love? Right. What's the um, rake up to these days? Maybe he's, he's running a small business. Right. Maybe, maybe he made Tucson. up with his ghost children. We never, right. They opened a know. pizza place together. So for me, I've, I've, I've very much enjoyed uh, this, this process you know, part of it was kind of like a trip down memory lane to like remember back to falling in love with this music, but also like really giving a listen to their stuff that I just sort of assumed wasn't for me mm. and finding, you know, tracks that I will put on Spotify playlists. Yeah. You know, well, I'm certainly going to be evangelizing uh, some of their like EP tracks that didn't didn't get as much attention earlier on. Uh, yeah, I ended up with no EP tracks on my uh, my top ten. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like uh, traveling almost on there for me. But uh, you know, I thought there's good stuff on Flora songs. There's definitely good stuff on uh, Long Live the King, which I you know com- basically yeah. E. Watson was on my original cut. Yeah. Um, do you think that? College age kids, which is who we were when we got into the band, would still today's college kids would they be into the Decembers if they gave them a shot? I don't know. I, it seems not. so different from what's popular now. Right? Like indie rock isn't even like a thing anymore, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. Uh, you know, th- I think this is something we talked about in episode zero. But uh, yeah, I, I, I question whether rock itself is kind of dead, right? Indie or otherwise. Sure. I mean, I think it's a it's a genre that has a lot of fans and old people, but I, I, exactly. I don't know what, I don't know what sort of rock music is out there for, for kids these days. Uh, but yeah, so we, we did it. We, yeah, we th- this is probably our worst episode. It's yeah, it's going to be our worst. I'm sorry, everyone that we were just too busy. However, I think that, that really Matt changes. and I just needed another excuse to get together and chat. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're not ready for this to be over. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Matt and I are going to keep zooming every week. We just won't record it. We'll just talk about the albums over again. We'll start we'll start yeah. from the beginning and go again. That would be kind of interesting to do to redo this project but only give hot takes. <laughs> like or like, just listen to the songs so much that you just you hate them. And so that would be like the the McElroy Brothers podcast where they they watch uh Paul Blart 2 over and over again. Yeah. I, well, I think I think they they just guessed on that. There's another that's a that's another podcast that's not McElroy related that does that. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, or or we can do like Star Wars Minute and just take every song and just like break it down. Do a whole episode minute. about the song. Yeah, just one minute of the song. Oh God, no. <laughs> or we could do a whole episode that just makes us re-listen to our least favorite tracks. Oh, or we do an episode where we listen to our our show. And then comment on a that. review of our sh- like a, yeah. we could do commentary. That's guys. Have, has podcast scrap everything we've told you before. 
We're going to do a podcast commentary podcast. It's going to be called We Both Podcast, We Both Podcast Together. <laughs> uh, they There's an episode of Are You Talking You Two, or the, the Scott Ackerman You Talking You Two to Me? Yeah, they, they did uh, a commentary one on one of their episodes, and it's unlistenable. It's just the worst. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we actually do have better ideas than this. So just, just stay tuned, stick with us. But for sure, there will be more December's content coming your way. Absolutely. Uh, at least once so, a month, if not more. Fear not, we both fan... I was going to say fanboys, but I'm sure we've got a strong female listenership. You think so? I think we do. Your wife doesn't even listen to the podcast anymore, and she's been on two <laughs> she's episodes. She's been on it twice. So... <laughs> she didn't even listen to the last one that she was on. You know, I don't, I don't blame her. I don't think AJ's listened to any of the episodes either. That's fine. It's I don't not think for Steve them. has either. It's I, not really, for them. It's for you, Joey. Yeah, it's for it's for our Twitter followers. I, I sh- anyway, we, we should probably end this. Like we've just been. We should absolutely end this. This has been going uh, for way too long. Let's let's go ahead and close the book on this chapter of we both podcast together. And then, until next time, uh, Angel, won't you call me? Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. Until next time, I'm Benjamin fucking Franklin. <laughs> little preview. Yeah. Little preview. Nice. That's nice. Alright. Bye. Bye. I don't like if I if I was running and was just like I'm doing sorry this that the, the world time, is not is not made for your lifestyle, Matt. I'm just saying I'm considerate. I don't run. How much by, room like, do you need? Taking a six foot pole and like swinging it around. Run around them. I. Sometimes I do, but like if you're changing elevations, you could you could hurt your ankle, man. Like you're jumping down a curb, jumping up off a curb. You know what I hate? People who run for fun or for exercise. Yeah, that's those are the worst kind of people. How do they inconvenience you? Do they? Because they're like running up behind me, oh, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know they uh, they get their sweat on me. Yeah, I have well, to listen true. to their breathing. Yeah, that's true. I have to look at them. They're gross. Yeah, no, that's. That's true. Dogs at least are cute. Runners are gross. Dogs are cute and babies are cute, but their parents are terrible. The best thing about runners is that sometimes they look like idiots when they run. Mm -hmm. I look like an idiot when I run. God, I can only imagine.